Thank you for your hearts in giving. I know every time we give something to the Lord, He will do something with it. So don't think it's just going into a bucket and then that's it. It doesn't go to our lights or the, you know, the bills of the church. And although it's in reality, it's kind of what it is. It actually goes to a person's soul. That we can have what we call a gathering together in this great nation that they've given us this freedom to do so. And so when we give to God, we can come to a place like this and worship Him in spirit and in truth. And we get to learn the Word of God together. You guys ready to learn the Word of God together? Yes. Go take out your notes or if you have your Bibles, uh, you can take out both, but your notes first. And just to remind you, on Wednesday nights, we call it Equip because we're here to be equipped so that we can do the works of ministry. That's why God called us. He, got, he called us to serve Him. And so we've been memorizing a scripture in Ephesians 4.10. And we're going to be uh, reciting that tonight in just a little bit. And then also, if you look in your bulletin, if this is your first time on Wednesday night, the notes are blank so that you can write down notes that you feel the Lord speaking to you. And normally on Sunday morning, we have a lot of things filled in, a lot of the scriptures there. Uh, but for Wednesday night, we're kind of encouraging us to push a little bit deeper and a little bit uh, stronger in the Lord, that we would challenge ourselves to bring our Bibles so that we can know the books of the Bible and get to know the sword. The Bible is called the sword. And you won't know how to use the sword if you never use it. You got to take it out of the bookshelf, out of the closet, off of the shelf, dust it off, bring it and use it. Otherwise, it'll be dulled in our hearts. So you got to bring our Bibles. And you can highlight your Bible too or write some notes in there. Don't think that it's uh, like graffiti. It's okay to write in your Bible. It's paper and ink. What makes it holy is when we live out the Word of God. That's what makes it holy. So use your Bibles well. Get to know your sword. And so tonight as we uh, get ready, uh, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for all those who showed up for our Spruce Up Day uh, last Saturday. And we came up here and we spruced up the place. And the reason why we do that is so that we can be ready for those that will be coming uh, this Sunday and then the following Sundays leading up to Easter. And Easter is right around the corner. Easter is one of those times of the year where most people will go to church. Sometimes they'll only go to church once a year. And it's during Easter or twice a year. Christmas and Easter. And many of us were there at one point. But we have spruced up the place so that we can be ready for all the people that God will send. And not just for Easter, but that we would love on them so that they understand that there is a God who loves them. That's our opportunity during Easter to let people know how much God loves them. And I'm going to challenge us as the believers and those who are being equipped that when come Easter Sunday, we're actually going to have a, an extended sanctuary in the fellowship hall for us that we can sit in so that we can open up the seats for those that will be coming to Easter. And usually there's about 2,300 people that come during Easter. And this year we expect a whole lot more because of the vision that uh, God is giving to us leading up to Easter. And this Sunday, I'll explain more on what's going to happen for Easter and how you get to participate in that. So it's going to be a great time together. So you'll hear more about that. <clears throat> and then it opens up the seats for everyone else. If you do invite someone to Easter, uh, please sit with them in here, okay? Because their first time to church might be a little uh, frightening and because they don't know what to expect. And then if you say, oh, yeah, go sit in there. I'll go sit in there. You go sit by yourself. 
and I'll be in there. Don't do that. Please sit with them and, and uh, be hospitable to them. Because uh, I think for us, who when we first came to church, we didn't know what to expect. So at least, at least you can host them. This is, this is our home. So think of it that way. We're just welcoming people into our home. So show them where everything is. Take them around. Treat them to breakfast. It's only $3. Come on. I mean, $3. Go save some cans and some bottles if you need to. Uh, we do. We save bottles and cans. And uh, if you got to do that, do it. But we want to treat people well and let them know that there is a God who loves. Right? Okay. So why don't we stand tonight and let's read our scripture. It's in the back of your bulletin there. <clears throat> some of you have memorized it. I tried practicing tonight and I, I was a little glitchy, so I, I, I'm still trying to memorize it too. But we're going to read Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 and we'll end where it says, By the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Okay, you guys ready? And the reason why we stand is that's what they did to honor the word of God in the Old Testament. So let's read Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. Ready? Go. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the works of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith in the knowledge of the... To perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Heavenly Father, as we memorize this scripture together, we pray that it will be embedded in our hearts so that we will live out your word. And as we hang out tonight and talk and get through these scriptures and talk about you and how great you are, we pray that your spirit, your Holy Spirit, would give us the word of truth and speak to us in such a way that only you can, that it help us to be people who walk after you. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said, Amen. Amen. You may have a seat. So we've been going through the past couple of uh, weeks and probably two months already on talking about Jesus being the same Yesterday, today, and forever, which is Hebrews 13, 8. And that's, that's what we want to look at, the life of Jesus Christ. That if we study His life, then we'll get to know Him more. And when we get to know Jesus Christ more, then we can love Him how He should be loved. And worship Him how He should be worshipped. And it's a, it's a growing thing. You know, it's something that we need to grow into. And, and it's a maturity thing that we learn about Jesus Christ and not just a thing to do, that we go to church and then we learn about God, but we never build a relationship with Him. We need to build this relationship with Him because that's how He designed us. He designed us to operate in this relationship with Him. And so we've been learning about the pre-existence of Jesus Christ, that when He came to this earth, He didn't just appear out of nowhere, but that He always existed for all of eternity, he just began on earth as a man, but he always existed as a spirit of God. So we've been learning about that and how his position over all creation plays a big role in how we believe in Jesus Christ. And we're continuing to learn about his position over all creation. And then we're going to go into his power to create all things. Last week, we talked about the... the the role that Jesus plays in our life. And the question was, is Jesus God in my life? We learned that Jesus is God. 
that God said to worship His Son. And in order for us to worship His Son, then Jesus must be God. But at the same time, it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, you might be thinking, okay, now I'm confused. I don't know which way to go. You need to stay on Wednesday nights because we'll continue to learn more and more about that as the weeks go by. You can't explain it in one night. God cannot be explained in one night. It is, it, he's, uh, the intellectual part of man cannot describe God. That's why we need faith. We need faith to understand God, to believe in God, because we need the faith to, to believe in what he says. You know when we were growing up and daddy said, don't do that, and you say, why? And then he usually said, because I said so. That was the explanation. That's all you got, because I said so. And you just had to trust. Okay, then dad, you know what you're talking about. Don't touch the fire. I don't know why, but because you said so. Many of us got burned. Then we understood, no wonder daddy said because I get burned. So same thing with God. Many things we won't understand, but it's only through faith because God said so. And so tonight we want to dig a little deeper and, and look at it as, is Jesus God in my life or is he just my Lord and Savior? Is Jesus my, my do I treat Jesus as he's my ticket to heaven? And if, if I believe in Jesus Christ, oh, I'm safe. Now I can do whatever I want. I can continue the lifestyle I've been living. I can continue to sin and do these things deliberately. Why? Because I'm set. I have forgiveness through Jesus Christ. So I sin today, ask for forgiveness at night. Then I'll sin in the morning through the day, ask for forgiveness at night. So you know what actually happens? Jesus is not my God. I am. Because I am deliberately making a conscious decision to sin. And the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. Now, nothing shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. His love will always continue to flow our way. Here's the problem. Many times we cut ourselves off from that love that continues to flow. That love will continuously flow. But if I'm continuously putting myself in the position that, yeah, I'm going to sin, but I'm going to ask for forgiveness, I cut myself off from that love that is given. It doesn't matter how much water is flowing downstream. If you cut it off, all you have is one big dam. And so it is with our life with God. I can say, oh, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, but is he my God? What he says, does it go? When God says something, do I follow? God, think of it, God as supreme being, not just Lord as, tell me what to do and I'll do it. Not Savior that I make it to heaven, but as my God, the one whom I worship and love in every decision I make. Is he my God? See, the only one who designed everything to praise himself was God. He designed us in that kind of way to praise him. Now, if we look at all the animals and uh, even our planets, the galaxies, we can see nature working at its best in how it's created. If you go into the jungle, everything is working according to how God designed it. There's only one creation that he gave the freedom to choose. And that's us, human beings, mankind, animals, 
the stars, the heavens, they don't have choice. They operate under God's government, under His Word. He spoke and everything came into existence. And it continues to obey God and glorify God. That's what it means to glorify God. That you're doing what God said for you to do in your creative purpose. That you're continuously doing what God has said to do. Now for us, we won't revolve and just be a, 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 like a robot or a type of thing that, is, that just stays the same. He created us in His image, which means we're creative too. We can do all of these things and invent things. We're creative. We have creativity in us. We have the freedom to choose. We have a soul. We have emotion that gives us the emotion to worship Him. He gave us that. But the question is, what am I doing with it? Am I using it to glorify Him? When you look at the heavens and we live in Hawaii and when it's dark or you go into a place where there's no lights, you cannot but glorify God. You cannot look at the stars above and not say, wow, God, you are amazing. And that's just what we see with our eyes. Imagine the unseen things, even much more. Now, if Jesus is God, I can understand all of this. But if he is not God, then really everything we talk about is nonsense. That's why for the natural man, the Bible says, they don't understand the things of God. To them, it's nonsense. It's silly. But once you come into a relationship with God, slowly things start to make sense. And even when we come against an obstacle, even when we come against even sin, when we go to God, I mean, the the weight that is lifted off of us, we may not explain how that works, but when God says, I love you, And I died for you. When that sin and that weight is lifted off of us, it makes sense as much as we can make out of sense. That God loves me enough to lift my burdens. The Bible testifies of the deity of Christ and that He is the firstborn over all creation. And we talked about that last week. And the things that we've been learning about His position over creation is that He is the invisible God. That's who Jesus is. He is the revelation of the invisible God. He is a complete representation of the invisible God. So you don't need to say, yeah, well, you know, I looked at Jesus, but I'm kind of into this religion, this new age thing, uh, this prophet, uh, uh, Muhammad. I'm into also Buddhism. Uh, I'm into this religion and that and this person and that. I'm into uh, humanism and self. And so I'm, I'm kind of testing all those things out because does not everything lead to God anyway? Listen, when you come to know Jesus, you've arrived as far as it comes to a so-called religion. Everything is found in Jesus Christ. It's not found in everything else. That's a wrong view. Now, people will say, okay, so what you're saying is that Christianity is right and every other religion is wrong? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that Jesus is right. Every single one of us falls short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. We all fall short of the glory of God. And sometimes we're trying to see all the aspects of God through all these other things and we justify it. And then we say, but they all lead to God. The wages of sin is death. We actually are separated from God. And so all these things will not lead to God. All these other religions... Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No one comes to the Father but through me. You see, the message of the Bible is that when you come to Jesus, you have arrived as far as searching for God. That's where we begin our quest for God. It's through Jesus Christ. You can try to go through any other belief, God or religion, and try to arrive at the same God, but you always come up short where sin leads to death. We still need to cross, as the Bible calls it, that big chasm. You know, that that separation between us and God. We still need to cross that. There's only one way to the Father, and it's through Jesus Christ. Some of you heard this before, uh, but Oprah had a, had a show that she was talking about the belief in Jesus Christ. And she stated that there are many paths to God, that Jesus is not the only way. You can go through any belief, any God, or any religion, and that path will arrive at the same God. Now, I'm not putting Oprah down. I'm putting what she said down because it's not truth. Even Oprah, as just like all of us, fall short of the glory of God. It must be the word of God that explains truth to us. The way I look at it is this. We have this, we have this separation between us and God. And it's this, this big, like a canyon, this chasm between us and God. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So we'll just label this as like sin. I don't know if you can still see it. But this is what separates us from God. And if God is, I'll just, I don't know how to draw God. I'll just make him bright. You, you really can't see him, but he's there. Okay, so he's bright. The Bible says we don't need any sun or light in heaven because God is light. And that's going to be pretty awesome. So now we're stuck. You can have this here, religion. You can have self, where you believe in whatever you want to believe in. You can have uh, prophets that you want to believe in. And whatever else, new age thing. Sometimes they'll even call it the light. The problem is they all lead to sin or they'll end with this separation from God. None of this can get us to God. Nothing has the power to get us to God. See, sin is separation from God. We deliberately disobeyed God, so we have a separation from God. And God wants to be with us. So God says, you know what? I'll, I'll pay the price for your sin. I'll, I'll, I'll die on the cross. I'll pay the penalty for sin so that through Jesus, you can cross that great divide. The reason why Jesus can cross that is because he died a perfect life. Jesus could not sin because he was God. Some people say, well, Jesus was just strong. Listen, he was not born out of man. Remember that. The Holy Spirit is the one that conceived in Mary. It was the Holy Spirit. It wasn't man. And so he wasn't born out of man. He was born out of the Holy Spirit, perfect. So Jesus could not sin. 
But yet he endured every single temptation that came his way. So he knows everything we go through. And so when he died on the cross, the devil thought he won. And he said, yes, I got him. He's dead. And then we know the countdown three days later, Jesus came to life. The devil's like, shucks, man, I thought I had him. I thought I had him. And now the devil knows that the war is over. Jesus won at the cross. And because he won at the cross, we have this relationship with God. And because he died a perfect death. You look in scripture. The Bible says that if, if anyone is killed innocently. If you look in the Old Testament. If anyone, this is the law of God now. If anyone dies innocently or someone kills an innocent person, that person shall be put to death. So when Jesus Christ died an innocent death, sin was put to death. So because sin has been obliterated because of Jesus, that's our way back to the Father. But it's interesting for us, many times we try other ways and we do our own thing. I would say this. These paths, they won't lead us to arrive at God. But for many of us, these paths have led us to Jesus Christ. There's many paths that can lead us to Jesus Christ. But the only path to God is through Jesus Christ. Many of us came to Jesus through the path of crisis. We came to Jesus through the path of our last ditch effort to try something. Many of us came to Christ out of a broken marriage, out of a broken relationship. We all came through some path through Jesus, to Jesus Christ. And it's because of Jesus Christ and the path that he paved that we have this relationship with God. Am I living my life for the one who made it possible for me to have a relationship with God? Open your Bibles and turn to Colossians 2, 3. You know what is interesting? And I love this. How Colossians 2, 3, it tells us that in him, excuse me, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And it's speaking of Jesus Christ, Colossians 2, 3. And if you do have a pen, underline that, circle it. It's in Jesus Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of of wisdom and knowledge. You know, when you believe in Jesus Christ and you have a relationship with Him, you can almost cringe when churches don't talk about Jesus Christ. That we don't talk about how great Jesus is and how, what a wonderful price He paid for all of us to have this relationship with God. There are some churches that will say, you know, but we worship the Father. And we, we don't worship Jesus because God is the only one you're supposed to worship. And if you, do worship, if you do worship Jesus Christ, then it's blasphemy. That's what they'll say. Blasphemy is a disrespect for God or for sacred things. And sometimes they'll say, no, you can't worship Jesus Christ because God is the Father and you can only worship Him. And they'll say, you know, you should not worship the Son. But it's God himself who told us to worship his son. Amen. See, every father understands this, that when you honor the father, you honor the son. And when you honor the son, you honor the father. 
Now think about it. I don't want to get too deep into this or get you angry, but dads with your daughters, if there's a boy who's dating your daughter and she's, you know, a, a young, uh, at a young age and they're dating, if that boy honored your daughter, would they not be honoring you? They honored her in her purity, in her beliefs in God. Would that not honor you as a parent? Same thing if we, for our sons. If they were in a relationship, if that girl honored and respected our sons, that brings honor to us. And it's the same thing with Jesus Christ. God says, you honor him, you honor me. Because we are one. Now, can you honor Jesus too much or worship Jesus too much and ignore the Father? No. Jesus said, he who has seen me has seen the Father. The two are one. Oh, this just sounds so confusing to me. I'm, I'm lost in all of this. I don't want to study the life of Jesus Christ. All I want to do is love Him. I want, to, I want to tell everybody about Jesus and the good news of Jesus Christ. I just don't want to study His life. Can we just keep it simple? We can keep it simple. Yeah, absolutely. We can keep it simple. Love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. That is as simple as we can get. But if you really want to understand your relationship with Jesus Christ, we've got to get to know Jesus Christ. We must know Him. Is Jesus the Father? Nope. He, he is the exact representation, exact representation of the Father. See, Jesus' power over all creation is unbelievable. And we are His creation. And I think for us to learn in these past couple of weeks on, on our part in this role with Jesus Christ, that He is friend. He is God. He is Lord. He is Savior. He is the Redeemer. He is the lifter of our head. He is the one who died for our sins. And at the same time, for us to look forward to that He is our soon coming King. And then, one day, we'll get to fill in the blanks of what this really looks like. I'm going to close in prayer and next week we're going to talk about the second subject, his power to create all things. And this is going to be a real good one for those of you who love um, uh, taking things apart, dissecting things and, and trying to figure out how things work. Because he has power to create all things and we're going to learn that. Not just his position over all creation, but His power to create all things. I'm going to close in prayer. How are you guys doing? Everybody doing good? Whew, what a good God we serve. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank You for all that You are. We try our very best to learn about You and study Your life. And it can become complicated when we don't build our relationship with you and we just go on the intellect of man. But it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can understand the things of God. And so Holy Spirit, speak to us, show us new things, reveal to us the mysteries of God. Give us revelation to learn new things so that when the enemy comes against us, we know exactly what to do, what to say, and how to think. And so we thank you for being the God of grace, the God of forgiveness, the God who is able 
to give us a wonderful life through Jesus Christ. For we all fall short of your glory. But the free gift that you give is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And for that, we are eternally grateful. So we thank you for all of these things. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Let's stand together tonight.